0: Coming up on another mini-episode of the Front Page Football Podcast, myself, Matt Olsen, Dylan Bozicevich, and Tanner Code. We sat down and reacted to Western United and Brisbane Roars one-all draw in the A-League men last night. And then looking ahead to the rest of the weekend's fixtures, we've got Garen Quoll with his send-off uh, fixture tonight against Melbourne Victory, who are in desperate need of a win as well. We've got Sydney FC, who are also under the pump, another big team in the league who are really feeling the heat at the moment. 11th on the table going into their game against Newcastle this weekend. An interesting game with the Wanderers taking on MacArthur. Adelaide and Perth also promises to be interesting. A lot of uh, interesting narratives, uh, for sure, to look forward to in the in the A-League men this weekend. Also touched on some A-League women um, stuff as well, surrounding, of course, uh, the Western Sydney Wanderers and their conundrum at the moment. Matt kind of gave a little bit of a spiel about that. Of course, him and Cody Ajada, you can catch them on our new A-League women podcast as well, front page dub. That second episode of that podcast will be out tomorrow as well, so stay tuned for that. And just a quick note from me as well. This is, of course, our last podcast for 2022 until we head into the new year. Um, for those who listen to all of our podcasts or just listen to this podcast, even thank you for your support. And if you read our content or follow us on social media, that's Front Page Football. Um, then again, uh, absolutely, um, you know, very appreciative of, of your support um, for our platform as we uh, continue to really promote. the, the young riders that we have in Australian football in this, in this country and, uh, of course promote the game as well. So without further ado, for the last time in 2022, I'm your host, Christian Marchetti, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to another mini episode of the Front Page Football Podcast, and tonight we are again reviewing another Brisbane Raw game. Um, they tend to play a lot of games on Friday nights, so uh, we're talking about them again, and they've just drawn one all away from home to Western United at Amy Park. Carl continues his fine form, opening the scoring in the first half, Western rally after halftime, and equalized through Alexander Prijevich. Um, I'm joined by Matt Olsen. Dylan Bozachevich and Tanner Code. Uh, yeah, we've got a couple of a uh, couple of our maybe non regulars joining us for the uh, for the mini tonight, which is uh, which is great to see. Uh, Matt, I'll start with you. How did you how did you uh, assess the uh, the draw
1: tonight? Well, the game, I think, for where these two teams are at, we needed a really intriguing clash. Um, it's a, you know we're potentially we're getting past the Christmas and New Year period now. You know that these teams have sort of got a kick into gear. It's it's not really um safe fair anymore for clubs that are in trouble like general oasis western united and um you know for warren moon and brisbane Roar, they need a point to prove but they're yet to do it they're six to draw christian we've been talking Bizarre. about these two teams like every second week why are yeah. they why why are like four clubs playing on friday nights it's really annoying and, um, and, and you
0: know you know brisbane are actually playing next friday night again oh. <laughs> it's melbourne victory it's unbelievable
1: yeah and none of us are from queensland can you imagine if we had a queenslander on the whole time like i think it would have actually been really fruitful I know. but um yeah look i, I just it, yet again with there being another draw for brisbane um i'm still sitting here thinking like okay it's time where they actually take a lot of this sort of you know dirty air and turn it into something meaningful and today was a, a classic example of them failing to do that because at the end of the day They've had 15 shots, uh, Christian. They they should have actually won it, in my opinion. But uh, Western were, were likewise clinical and where they need to be because they're still stuck uh, really at the bottom.
0: Well, well, you say that, Matt. But I've just got the table up here now. Unfortunately, your Perth Glory, who although playing a lot better of late, are still at the foot of the table. Though there are well, five four home points- games in 15 days, so the, we'll we'll yeah.
1: leave the verdict for later in the month.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But there are five points now separating second and 11th on the A-League table. It is incredibly tight. Sydney FC, after that result, have now dropped to 11th on goal difference. Melbourne Mm -hmm. victory a 10th. Yeah,
1: on Christmas Eve, I'm sure you're aware, on Christmas Eve, MacArthur's win was that big against Sydney. They went from 8th to 3rd in one day.
0: Yeah, so, (laughs) you know, Brisbane from that perspective, looking at them, I mean, if they just turned half of those draws into wins, I mean, they could just be right up there with Melbourne city. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. quite, quite incredible really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought first half they were, they were excellent Um, tonight. I think they kind of set up in a, in a bit of a mid block and they kind of invite a little bit of pressure, but then the, the way that they uh, sucker punched and they counter in the, in the first half was really impressive. I think, Um, Armiento, who I waxed lyrical about, I think, a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, but he is, um, he just looks like he might be one of the breakout stars of this season at the moment. He's, uh, although wasn't featured maybe at the start of the season, those first few games, now all of a sudden he's come in and he just looks so assured of himself, so confident. The way he took that goal was absolutely superb. Excellent team move from Brisbane as well. Um, And then I just don't know in the second half what happened. They they just started sitting off all of a sudden moon made in my opinion a couple of bizarre changes um where that which for me just disrupted the whole flow of of what they were doing uh, and then Armiento came off again like you know probably too early as well and yeah it just seemed quite bizarre dylan um dylan how did you uh how did you see the the brisbane side of things
2: yeah i thought from brisbane side of things i thought Armiento, as you said he was quite was playing with a lot of confidence. And then as soon as he got brought off, um, it kind of killed Brisbane's attack, attack a bit. Uh, I thought in the first half, first 15 to 25 minutes, they were all over Western United. And then I thought Western United got back into the game a little bit. And then Warren Moon kind of just set them out in the second half to sit back and they kind of absorbed the pressure and tried to hit on the counter which wasn't too dissimilar to how they played in the first half, but I just thought it was a very negative approach. Um, I must say, though, uh, Jay O'Shane and Truen must have touched mm. the ball at least 200 times in the mm. game. Like, mm. The way they played Brisbane when they had the ball was was really good to watch. They looked like a really good side and they did not look like a side that has had six straws this season. You know, They they looked like a side that really should have won that game today and as you said they've only lost one game so you know i think they they'll be kicking themselves a bit i'm i'm positive they would have had other games like this where they went one 0 up and then would have you know conceded a goal late
0: yeah well it's interesting you mentioned O'Shea because i mean every time i watch him i'm, I'm very impressed uh and you almost feel like if he was playing for you know, one of the so called bigger clubs that maybe would be talking about him a lot more because he is, he is a phenomenal footballer. Um, he's got just terrific awareness, uh, on the ball of, of what he's doing. Um, hardly, hardly gives the ball away, always seems to make the right decision. Um, and can really dictate a game from, from deep. So, yeah, I, I thought he was terrific. I have to agree with you on that point. Um, Tana, let's talk a bit more about the, about the Western United side of things because, um, yeah, they just they they just seem to be pulling out these these goals in the last sort of fifteen minutes. Uh I believe that was their sixth uh this season that they've scored uh beyond the 76th minute. Alexander Priovic, who was really bad in the first half, I felt with and, and just, just the ball every time it went into him, it was literally just bouncing off him and, and going to a Brisbane player, and then he just pops up out of nowhere and equalizes. And you kind of have to say, Well, you know, that's why you that's why. They went to all that trouble to try and keep hold of him, uh, and why he was denied a move overseas because uh, he he pops up with a goal and he he basically steals a point for them. But really, by the end of the game, you know there was particularly a ten minute spell at the end where you felt that I felt even Weston could have turned it around suddenly. What, what did you make of their their performance, Tanner? Yeah,
3: definitely. Um, Brisbane really took it to him. In, uh, in the first half. I mean, that was a lovely uh, first goal. But in the second half, they really started to gel. But, uh, I mean, it was mainly after that goal, though. Like, I have to chime in. Brisbane's passing when they were under pressure was unbelievable. You hit it right, mm-hmm. uh, Dylan. They don't look like they're a team that's uh, lost uh, only once. But <laughs> I have to chime in with this one as well. Like, is the A-League ladder a fair representation of where we are with the clubs at the moment, or, or are we just a really even league like it's it's hard to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, but uh, no. Look, I think Western. Yeah, okay. I think they did deserve the point. Um, but they really need to start getting some um, some results. Obviously, last week versus Victory was a nice step in the right direction. But I mean, you, I would have expected them to beat Brisbane tonight. To be fair.
0: Well, I'll give them I'll give him the benefit of that because it was a short turnaround. Um, of course, from from the Monday game, I guess. Uh, but you're right about the table, and we mentioned it before. I mean, this is gonna. And Matt, I, I'm not sure if I agree. Maybe with, with your sentiment at the start around, you know, that the teams maybe near the bottom need to kind of maybe get their shit together. Of course, it's true. It's always the case. Maybe particularly for Sydney FC, Melbourne Victory, because of their expectations, I would say. But I mean, you can win two, three games in a row in this league, and all of a sudden, you can move, you know, six places um, up in the table very quickly. So I yeah, think maybe of co- of course you can.
1: Yeah. Of course you can. But you, you know, Christian. We we know this. We we literally talk to each other night after night about this team and their form. And you go back to the very first, the very first show we did together after that Melbourne City game. And remember, I I I pulled the plug and was like, "No, nah, John Aloisi is not going to strike strike gold again. This team is about to hit some serious problems." Lo and behold, we're here ten weeks later, and they have, they, they have, they're, 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 there's something about the way that winning the championship almost prematurely has affected them, but also how like you, you look at the lack of depth and the fact that they were, they've, they've always been a team that's relied on individuals doing good individual things. Josh Riston, for example, has hit this really rich vein of form. Mm. And I think, was it, was it Danny McBreen? Someone quite literally said at halftime, he's the one that's creating chances for them. And yeah. that, that, That's who's looking like their most lethal player, player on the pitch and uh you I, know, thought, sometimes... I thought wales was good
0: um well, second yeah. half in particular yeah, yeah. lucky
1: wales um he he created a bit he had a header that hit the post i think no that or was aldred
0: yeah that came off aldred and hit the post yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah but i mean you know i if, we, if we're just if we're talking more about what western united's problem is i think above all else it's just that they're not they're not it's sort of clear to me that they're not going to hit any serious consistency um, with the way that they're playing their football, and sure, they might only be what f- f- four, three points away from sixth place, which obviously in the they're, in the they're one point off six, and they're they're, they're one four point points okay. off second. So, but they four have played.
0: I mean, they have played now the, the most games out of any team. I guess one more than than most other teams, uh, and it's it stands at three losses, two draws. Uh, Sorry, three wins, two draws, and uh, okay, five Okay, passes, but I mean, so-, no,
1: so, so for example, at this point in time, because of um, obviously that what happened in the derby, they're technically two games ahead of Melbourne victory, right? But it's fair to say mm. that given both of their form and, and what they've played and the, the mathematics that could be done to propel victory above them, they're still two teams that are really poor on form. So it's not like the table is being an anomaly in that regard, right? There's still two teams that are, are really, really deserved to, to be where they are in the table um and I think that that has to you know that that has to be judged and touched on now because it's not like John Aloisi is at a point in the season where things are betting in nothing's betting in he's just not been able to manage this team properly and a lot of that comes down to the fact that as a unit unlike the complete opposite of what was going on last season where they all hit their straps at the right time I don't think I've seen a single game of theirs yet where there hasn't been one individual that hasn't had a really poor night out and that that counts for being able to bring that consistency together when you're a team with that much depth. And I think that's really at the heart of a lot of their problems, especially in a game where you're up against Brisbane who will know how to grind out a result.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree in a sense that going forward, I mean, they've kind of wheeled a result there also from kind of, you know, just pushing numbers forward, which, you know, you get it. I mean, if, if you do it and it works well and, and you get the goal and you get the draw, that's good, but it's not a sustainable long-term, I guess, attacking plan, right. To just, Throw numbers in the box and, and and hope for the best. So, definitely agree with you there. Um, any any other thoughts on on this game? Because uh, as Matt mentioned, we we have discussed these two teams quite a bit, uh, and and I wouldn't mind having a look at uh, the rest of the weekend's action.
2: <laughs> I just want to say quickly. I want to give a big shout out to uh, Courtney Perkins. I don't know what you guys thought about mm. his game, but I thought he really surprised me tonight. Like mm. in both sides of the game, defensively, he was solid he was stopping a lot of crosses and in, in attack he was he was always always seemed to be you know running up and down that left flank quite well so yeah, well, I'll you've tell actually
1: you, Jordan yeah. Jordan Courtney Perkins is one of those players that came out of that uh, under17s team that made the round of 16 mm-hmm. in 2019 yeah. and I think he made it he made a move Ian Polsinski might be able to let us know about this I think he moved to Poland briefly yeah he did we'll he did so he didn't he yeah. didn't
0: make a lot of appearances in Poland but I guess that experience of going overseas always has a help. but that actually reminded me Dylan when you mentioned Courtney Perkins about his almost Thunder bastard right at the end of the game yeah. um which literally probably would have broken um uh, soccer Twitter there for a second but yeah, uh, Jamie Young, though, on the flip side, that reminded me, and, and Tanner, I'm sorry I have to bring this up as well from the from the victory game, but that's now two games in a row where Jamie Young has made a superb save in the dying stages to to uh, preserve a result for his side. And Look, we know the quality they possesses, but, I mean, Matt, to your point around Weston at the moment, I mean, more than ever, this guy is, is you know, one of their most crucial players. Um, and, yeah, he uh, he is really off the back of his own gloves. Um, starting to earn some earn some points for them. So yeah, okay, let's move on. Um, and it's good, Dylan, that you're on this podcast because I want to get into Sydney FC a little bit because they've got a massive game on on New Year's Day, Newcastle away. And as I mentioned before, they've now dropped to eleventh with with that result tonight. Uh, now currently with a negative four goal difference, five defeats from nine games. Steve Corrigan is feeling the pressure to say the least. How are you seeing Sydney FC at the moment and What's what's your thoughts on Corrigan and the situation there?
2: I think it's a bit. It's very tough for Corrigan just because of the defensive situation that's that's occurred this season, where his two most experienced defenders, once Wilkinson's out with an ACL injury and Rodwell, you know, played forty five minutes and then all of a sudden was injured again. So mm. he's kind of relying on on Donickey, who is, is a very experienced, A-League defender. But then in that other slot next to Donnick, it's either Gerd or Vlasterlitsa, who I actually quite like as a defender. And I remember watching him in that Sydney United game mm. and writing on Twitter straight afterwards that I I thought I'd see him in an elite club. But I do think that um, defensively, they're very poor and that's what's really costing them. This game against Newcastle on the weekend, Newcastle's they're hitting some form now with Pappas at the wheel. And I think, you know, it could, away as well. Um I don't know how, I'm a bit worried about this game. I must say, I think Korikai, if he doesn't get a win or I think a win, if he doesn't get a win in this game, he could definitely be on the chopping board.
0: Yeah. Well, you could feel the pressure after, after the Derby defeat. And that was, you know, well over a month now. Uh, and, since then, they've had you know they beat Melbourne City, which was a good result, but um, those two defeats to the Mariners and Macarthur, particularly the Macarthur game, where I mean Macarthur just kind of completely outplayed them, right? Uh, and yeah. and three 0 was it was kind of a stroll in the park by the end of it, um, just which is
2: that Macarthur game because I was mm-hmm. there on that day on on Christmas Eve, and honestly, it was it it really it was a poor game. I thought Sydney just both teams just Look, lack of energy and Mm. they just both look like they didn't want to be there so if that's anything to go by for tomorrow's game which is on new year's eve um i'll be very worried for FC.
0: yeah yeah so yeah that one on new year's day of course uh early in the afternoon um, and Newcastle as well uh, saw them, of course, up close on on Tuesday night because they were here in Adelaide taking on the Reds, and it was a very probably un-Newcastle-like performance in the sense that when they usually win, they are playing this more attractive, expansive football that, that Arthur Pappas likes to play, but they kind of ground out a result. Of course, the Heat probably played a part in that, but I think they'll take a lot of momentum from that Newcastle. Um and we talk about the table again. I mean Newcastle looking at it, you know, they've got the same amount of wins as the Wanderers who are second. Um, and they're only 3 points off second. So they could look at it as well. We've got a chance to upset Sydney FC even more, which you know, I'm sure they always want to do and also move up the table even more and, and for Pappas that would be hugely important. Uh Tanner, you're here as well, which means that we should touch on, we should touch on the Melbourne Victory who of course have a a very similarly to Sydney FC have a massive game um, tomorrow on New Year's Eve. The Mariners away it's not the, you know, it's definitely not the same uh, proposition as it used to be maybe uh, a few years ago facing the Mariners away these days because they're pretty good at home and Tony Popovich is another manager uh, feeling the heat, Tanner.
3: He is definitely feeling the heat. I think it's definitely just about just the same amount as uh, Corica at the moment. I'm really starting to get worried that um, Popovich could, uh, could be next. Um, obviously, Izzo uh, being ruled out. Is he ruled out for uh, for the game? Was he, was he in doubt? I saw an article about that today.
0: Or yeah, I, I can't confirm that. I can't confirm that, but I did see something potentially on Twitter about that. Uh, apologies. I'm not all over that one, but uh, yeah. No, that's okay.
3: Um, but um, it's definitely a good uh, boost to see. uh definitely coming back into uh, the mix. We could really use him at the back in his leadership. Um, Getting uh, Nani, uh, I think he was in the ins and outs as well. Um, and uh, Miranda is definitely going to help. Um, but no, look, the Mariners are playing some good football. I don't really back victory at the moment. It's honestly feeling like it's the same two for a year cycle again. Um, yeah, I'm a pretty dejected victory fan at the moment because last week was really poor. Uh, yeah. I really expected us to come out firing against Western, but that was just so lackluster. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I mean, I always tip victory every game, it, the like form or not. So I will back my boys. But um, no, look, I'm not confident. Um, I think if uh, Mariners win this and it's a convincing win, then Popovich could be next.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, the flip side of this is Garen Cole, And uh, he's obviously set to play in his last game here before he goes to England uh, and, and joins up with Newcastle United. Now, that's obviously going to boost the Mariners a little bit heading into the game. And they've got a tendency of course, it's a bit of a tradition that they play these new year's Eve games and they've got a tendency of of course, showing up for them at home as well. Um, In terms of the Mariners, I mean, like I said, they're sitting fourth at the moment. They've conceded a fair few goals to be fair with 13, but they're also the highest scorers in the competition. uh, Mm. And, you know although victory to be fair their main issue has been scoring um you know conceding goals hasn't been a massive issue they've conceded nine goals in eight games which is is better than a lot of teams in the division and definitely a lot of the teams around them that's for sure um so i guess the question is you know will will the mariners i guess uh Matt, will the mariners give give grand koal the the big send off uh and uh, and condemn the victory to uh, to more misery look i
1: think you know, this is a Popovich side where even you go back to uh, 1920s, second campaign with Perth, where, I mean, they, they did play some pretty poor football at times. Uh, they found a way to get into the top six and, of course, made the semi-finals after uh, upsetting the Phoenix in Parramatta. Um, this side, by comparison, um, and, and look, obviously, there's, there's all kinds of things going on off the field. Um, we know that and I think uh, unlike where, where Tanner was sort of going with that I'm just wondering if they keep Popovich on purely because they can't they can't be bothered with the the financial drawbacks of, of such a thing occurring mm. but yeah look a Popovich, a Popovich side will be will be defensively settled um, so much so that at any point with the nature of the table they can find their way back up but this is a game where I'm probably going to tip the Mariners anyway. Uh, the qual factor plays a big part in obviously you know him, him being a send off, but also the New Year's Eve fixture historically has always just been really big for the Mariners. Uh, they always get up for it, they always play well. Um, so you know I'm, I'm expecting expecting a big game for them, and uh, you know they could they could very well establish their dominance as a as sort of a, a top two contender as well, uh, knowing the, the the vulnerabilities of the Wanderers of late um, and the points situation tipping in their favour. So yeah, I'm inclined inclined to go for the Mariners but aware that victory uh, can and always will be a threat, as any Popovich side can.
0: Yeah, okay. And then we've also got, so later on New Year's Day, uh, we've got second place versus third, uh, with the Wanderers taking on MacArthur, which is an interesting proposition. The Wanderers are three without a win, um, but they're still sitting in second, which I guess probably speaks to how well they started. Uh, Are the, Dylan, I'll ask you this, are the wheels maybe falling off the the Mark Rudin... um, you know, hype train at the moment uh, and and how important is this game, I guess, for the Wanderers?
2: Yeah, I think a little bit. I think at the start, they were, you know, they they still haven't conceded many goals of Wanderers, but the problems are coming up front. So, yeah, I think the wheels are starting to fall off a little bit, but I don't think there's too much worry yet for Rudin. I think that start of the season has helped him a lot. So, I don't, I don't. Yeah, no, um, no, no. He's not. Yeah, it, it yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't see. You know, they're still as you know they're still sitting at second, so there's no problem there. The only problem will be how Macarthur turns up. Mm. If they turn up like they did on against Sydney again away from home on Saturday, um, then we could see a similar result. Nothing, no three nils. I don't think. I think the Wanderers are solid enough at the back to to prevent any goal scoring opportunities from a rising, but with Bully, he, he proved on Saturday that if he gets one or two chances, he's going to score them. So it'll yeah. be, be a yeah. game, I think, Battle of the West.
1: The emergence of Harambuli is a really interesting one because mm. he sort of came from nowhere, had that really good game against Perth to start. And he's been been scoring really consistent, uh, at a really consistent rate. Think thing about this game is the, the bipolar form, Dylan's completely spot on the bipolar form of MacArthur can be a really, really hard one to judge. And with them, you know, they've basically not travelled at all, right? Because they've played a game in New South Wales, another game in New South Wales. Um, and, you know, the players are probably all, all living in Sydney themselves, right? So, yeah, um, it's one where they can capture on that form and they can do well for themselves, but you sort of get trust issues with both of these teams um, because the McCarthy's never lived up on their hype. They, they really, you know, they've really promised a lot more than they've ever given. And simultaneously, the wonder is, I mean, you just can't trust them. Uh, keeping their keeping their places as a top two or a top top four side uh, because they always find a way to disappoint us. So it's uh, it's a really important crossroads. I'd, I'd say of the whole, the whole competition over the next two to three weeks, an important crossroads moment for every single side to be able to establish themselves, to be able to shake off any demons they've got. And this game really speaks out in that way uh, more than more than most. Do Christian.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned that MacArthur, they've only played three games outside of uh, New South Wales. Um, so out of that nine. So that is an interesting stat that you bring up there as well. But yeah, you know, this table, and, and I've got it in front of me this whole podcast because it's just, it's just bizarre when you actually really <laughs> analyze it and dig deep into it. I mean, the Wanderers have scored the same amount of goals as victory, right? But their second and victory are 10th. Um, Brisbane and the Wanderers both, you know, Eight goal scores, seven conceded, yet, you know, as I said, the Wanderers are seven, second and and Brisbane are six. So it, it's kind of it, – it really is uh, bizarre. One of the other games we got this weekend is, is Wellington taking on Melbourne City, who are the – Wellington, the second-highest scorers in the league, taking on Melbourne City, who, despite their incredible start, are, uh, you know, still the third-highest scorers in the league behind the Mariners and, and Wellington. So that should be a bit of a shootout potentially um, over in New Zealand. That's on, on Monday – um, and then later on Monday, and Matt, you could speak to this a little bit more as well. Adelaide have another home game taking on Perth. Uh, who t- talk a little bit about Perth because they've obviously the target signing uh, has been made, um, and there's potential maybe in 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 the window for Perth to. Uh, to go again and and sign another another player, uh, Khalifis obviously that extension was announced today, which is uh, an interesting one for Perth uh, fans to to look forward to as well. But um, it, it it's hard I feel for Perth at the moment because that, they they seem to actually playing a lot better from from the outside looking in. Yet because they started so poorly, it's hard to get maybe excited about it. Is that the maybe best way to put it?
1: Uh, most of the people I've, I've spoken to, and my personal belief is that is that we're about to see, basically, the defining moment of of the Rubens Akivich uh, reign, mostly for the better. It's it's honestly it's positive. Uh, the reason for that being is obviously this just happens to be an away game, but they're, we're about to have an entire month of football um, at home in Macedonia Park, which is which is huge. Both both men's and women's have some really important home fixtures coming up. Um, the the Khalifi signing is is a really watershed moment. Obviously, Azabel left. And we've got Taggart coming in as the nine. David Williams, Philby's role against the Phoenix particularly well as that as that nine. Can I just um, ask you how,
0: how do you read that Azebel situation? Because I, like it just seemed like maybe it was. Do you think it was just a case of Taggart became available and it was like, look, let's just move off of this and go to Taggart because we know what he can do and and he wants to come back here and and we we know he can score
1: goals in this league. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it's. It seemed to me that something Ruben Zadkovich spoke about was like just a, a cultural issue with Menazabel. It didn't click, um, and there was a lot of potential there that it would because one of one of those first games. I don't remember. It was Mariners or uh, Jets away. He showed a lot of promise, and he looked him and him and Khalifi looked to be two really good foreign signings. Since then, it's just like he did. He didn't. He didn't really care much for the course. Complete contrast to Kalifi. Who cares enough to at the first time of asking sign a two-year contract with the club i mean it's huge commitment mm. Mm. uh for someone you know english is not even his first language right so it's, it's mm. huge um but the yeah i mean tag tag coming in now i'm not not sure that tag will start the game but if you have khalifi on form if you have ryan williams who to quote Ruben zankovic it has been the ryan williams show, show you, you get those <laughs> two in supply of tag it, who immediately hits the ground running Perth actually looked like a very decent football team in a, in a league where there's no points, you know, separating a whole bunch of teams right there in that in that mid pack. Um, tell me, Perth Glory can't actually rise up the ladder a little bit? Like it's it's, it's promising there. Um, and one thing you say about you know what was perceived to be a very poor start, and I mean the, the the fashion with which they conceded against the Jets in round two, that was was despicable. But all of those games that they started out, they were only one goal losses. They were never thrashed. There was hmm. there was only ever a loss that was by one goal. And so that, that really went Except for that ruined. Melbourne
0: city game, I believe, but obviously Melbourne city, that's, um, that's yeah.
1: yeah it, well, the, you, you're sort of facing the one team that can be reliably consistent. Whereas mm. every other team, you know, you know, it's, it's a mixed bag. Mm. Um, and you know, the game was at Amy Park and you know, yeah, there's, there's factors to that. Um, but, when Ruben Zakovich, you know, when he comes out and he speaks to that, you know, it, it, you can understand that that obviously with the, the media training that he's had as a professional his whole life, he knows how to bullshit. But I just I just get the vibe from him and I get the sense from him for a long time now that it, it sort of isn't. Like the, the side has been making some progression, progression that has been needed in, in the wake of how bad 21-22 was. And okay, look, even if this fails spectacularly, at least they can take souls from the fact that. When we tried to mix things up, when we've tried to rely on bringing a name like Adam Taggart back into the team, there's been positivities there. And I think that, that 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 speaks to something really important. Also, love how these minis have actually increasingly always included me with a big Perth rant in there. <laughs> not sure why that's been such a common theme as a player. But yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm positive. Uh, at the end of the day, four games in 15 days at Macedonia park that the rescheduling of that Brisbane game was probably a blessing really. Um, mm. I think it's going to be going to be a huge rate of form. And we did say that after all these COVID spells, when we were going back for seven, eight games in a row, but this, this just feels a little bit different because people aren't expecting a lot from us. And that is, that is ultimately very, very can prove very fruitful uh, with not a whole lot of expectations there.
0: And I'll just finish on this, on this subject and then we'll move on to maybe just touching on some A-League women stuff. But uh the other thing I saw was Mustafa Romini actually came out and and really endorsed the Macedonia Park, um, you know, as a venue, and, and kind of said, you know, why wouldn't you want to, um, as a kid, you know, come watch? I mean, it's it's tied to the pitch, the atmosphere is good, this, that, and the other. So I think it it's probably good that the that the players seem to be buying into it as well, and uh, they definitely feel like it's becoming a bit of a home for them as well. So yeah, I agree. It's going to be really interesting to see how Perth go in that uh, in that home that home stand um yeah let's just uh briefly and matt i'm gonna let you kind of take the floor again because we do have yes. a second episode of front page dub our a league woman podcast coming out give us a little bit of a teaser as to what uh what you're discussing there because i think if i'm not mistaken i think you're discussing two teams who are both facing each other on monday and who are both uh in need of in need of points
1: yes that game at 7 20 in the morning wa time very much looking forward to it the <laughs> The Western Sydney Wanderers, yeah. What what can you say about um, the sort of mass escort they've had of local players and local talent? Um, you know, I was I was obviously telling Cody Ojeda uh, on uh, on the front page dub, and something that Dylan can actually speak to here as well. You know, obviously Western Sydney with the hundreds of local football clubs in the area, it is a hotbed for talent. But girls across the country want to leave the Western Sydney Wanderers on mass because. The, the higher powers that be have been neglecting that, that football program. So I'll tell you what, if they, if they go away uh, to New Zealand, they lose this game and they have rooted at the bottom with no points to show for it. Massive, massive, massive red flag there. And, um, yeah, just basically that the whole episode was Cody and I yelling at each other about the state of the Western Sydney Wanderers uh, women's football department. So yeah, but, but the, um, the, the, the dub uh, for the start of the season, it's really, the tables really set out in two blocks or I guess technically three, you've got your main contenders there. You've got what I consider to be the big three in women's football, which would be uh city victory and uh, Sydney FC with the inclusion of Western United. Now, although the verdict is still out on, if mm. they can maintain their really good form for the length of the season. Cody and I chatted a bit about how we think a top four is unfair because it's sort of hot on their heels. Uh, um, you know, Brisbane improving in form. Canberra United, who have some really good players, but uh, probably a bit too inconsistent. And uh, Perth Glory as well, who have re- really been starting to uh, to get more and more. I think you're forgetting about someone, yeah. Over Adelaide United, of course. There we Adelaide go. United being the <laughs> intermediary of that top four. And those clubs in the bottom, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't mention them. I was just set. Well, they've actually got the same about.
0: amount of points as Sydney after five games, Matt. So I'm, yeah, I'm very yeah, disappointed. Yeah, I,
1: I just don't. I mean, if Western United, if Western United stay at that really good pace, mm. I, I'm really sorry, Christian. I don't know why I've, uh, <laughs> I've not mentioned them there. But <laughs> yeah, don't apologise to me. Apologise to the LA well, United girls. Is, My God, is, you know, this is South Australian territory, and uh, you know, most of our listeners and readers are are South Aussies. So it's uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> don't know where that came from, but. Um, If Western United keep that consistency, I don't think Adelaide make the top four, but it's all the more of a a problem as to why they, why they, you know, why the the competition wouldn't expand beyond that point, because really we have eight or nine teams that are finals quality, you know, you know what I mean? And it's just, Mm. just a bit of a problem. But then obviously at the back of that, you've got, um, you know, you've got the Wanderers, we've got the Phoenix who, you know, just some really serious problems going on there. The Phoenix relying far too heavily on, uh, on their youth prospects in New Zealand. Um, which ahead of the World Cup maybe turned out to be a bit of a head-scratcher. And we don't know how the Mariners program is going to to be when they come in as well. So, yeah, there's problems, but a lot of really interesting things to talk about and a really fun league as a result of nine teams are basically competing for four spots at the top of the table there.
0: Well, let's just hope... I mean, the Wanderers, two goals scored, nine conceded, uh, obviously with zero points. And then Wellington, two goals scored as well, 13 conceded with zero points. Let's just hope that makes for maybe a... A entertaining game where where both teams can't defend, as opposed to a boring game where both teams where can't both score. both struggle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, there's enough um,
1: there's enough individual talent there. I I think so anyway. I would like yeah. to see someone like uh you know Ava, Ava Pritchard uh, step mm. up and, and have a great game. But um yeah, I I honestly I I'm sort of rooting for the Phoenix purely because <laughs> I I want the Wanderers to really have a strong hard look at themselves and understand that they're they they're, they they are the soul and heart of of the sport, and for them to be Sort of treating the women's team like this, it's it's getting more and more despicable to watch them as time goes on. I think I think Cody brought up a stat. Uh in uh in seven games, they had an XD of uh 0. 0.45. So like just yeah, yeah, dreadful stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that, that that's very poor. And I even saw um uh our friends over at RBTV, who we of course had a had on a uh, podcast a few months ago, and, and they kind of came out and, and screenshotted the ladder and kind of said what what's going on here? Um so there's you know, even even uh, there's there's that commentary coming from fans now uh, against against what's going on there with the women's team. Okay, uh, I think that uh, that just about does it. We've really compiled a lot into uh, into that mini like we usually do every week. So uh, so good work there, boys. Um, and yeah, of course, as as Matt touched on there, front page dub episode two coming out uh, tomorrow. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, it will be it will be tomorrow, um, and uh, yeah, you can you can stay tuned for more in depth discussion into uh, into those two teams, particularly the Wanderers. Interesting stuff happening there as well. Uh, and actually, as Matt mentioned, Ava Pritchard, we did have an article go up uh, this week as well, uh, a youth in focus, where uh, one of our writers, Jack Toohill, had a closer look at Ava Pritchard and her form for Wellington too. So so go check that out as well. Okay, that's going to do it. For another episode of the Front Page Football Mini Podcast, and uh, yeah, you can listen to us in the in the uh, next episode next week.